What is consciousness? The live stream of consciousness is on a quest to unravel the mysteries of existence. Every episode, we ask the fundamental question that has captivated human minds for centuries. Is consciousness merely a product of our brains or does it connect us to something greater? Explore the very fabric of our thoughts. Don't miss a moment. Expand your awareness and tap into the boundless potential that resides within you. Welcome to the live stream of consciousness. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to the live stream of consciousness. Did I scare you? Five minutes late. I have never been five minutes late before. I am in the middle of an emergency. Do you see me sweating over here? Yeah, we just had, I just had an emergency from work that I had to deal with. Uh, just happened to happen right at 8.59, so I had to deal with it. But yes, we are here. It is Thursday. It is the live stream of consciousness. Of course, Ninja Kitty is out there. Uh, I'm sure Tim is out there somewhere. And uh, we are just swimming in liveness at the moment, right? Uh, it, it's the moment. Um, so I'm trying to make this more uh, palpable to the audio audience and keep the voice going and explaining what's going on. And the live stream of consciousness poses the question, what is consciousness to a different individual uh, each week uh, from psychic mediums and uh, astrological, uh, metaphysical practitioners to baseball players and comedians and actors. And tonight I have an audio engineer. So we're, we're, delving into something new um and i am going to hope that i'm going to pronounce this right as i welcome uh from audio works uh audio workstations uh matt einsiedler did i pronounce that one right matt it's pretty close it's pretty close we're just gonna put a longer eye on the <clears throat> on the eye and go einsiedler and that's einsiedler ah you got me with that one i wouldn't i wouldn't have thought that but Excellent, excellent. I was curious the whole time. Every time I had to type it, I was like, "Hmm, how am I going to deal with pronouncing this?" <laughs> it's it's oh. probably got some some history of of transferring between uh, languages and cultures where it doesn't quite make sense from any one particular uh, language. Right, I got you. All right, well, welcome Matt Einseidler to the live stream of consciousness. Uh, we met through uh, my girlfriend Janice, who does a, a broadcast also called Unique Peace, and you were a guest on her show. Uh, and I think sh you were a guest on her show because she was a guest on your show. So it's like this uh, podcast relationship. The, this platform is so amazing. Uh, having conversations like this is is awesome, and I can't wait to talk about what you do because it's directly related. You have a great studio. It looks like that uh, you do this from. Um, and I want to talk about that too, but uh, I invited you to the live stream of consciousness to put you through my grill. Uh, and, and that is the question I pose. Uh, I don't know if you heard me doing the intro, but you know, I pose this question to lots of different people to, to just add to the answer and grow it because every answer is correct. Every answer is coming from a different perspective, which is, you know, part of the collective, but that's part of my answer. So <laughs> I'm going to answer, I'm going to ask you, uh, what your thoughts are and and your and ninja kitties out there saying welcome matt and that a little typing to her in the chat to try and multitask with my nice. whatever consciousness it. i can bear i love it um so what is consciousness matt what do you think is your definition of consciousness 
Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it's funny as I was, I was listening to the intro, I realized that I do much more, um, you know, like consuming of, of other people's opinions about what it is. And I do really like th thinking of it myself in a, in a definite sense. Like I sort of, I, I, I pondered the possibilities often and I sort of like remain open and, mm -hmm. and as, as, as people claim to look for evidence or argue theories this way or, or that way, you know, right. and, and I, and I probably know more about which f famous physicist, physicist communicators think which way uh, or mm -hmm. the other, or have opinions about e each other's opinion. And I do so much of this listening, but I, I try to, uh, uh, it's not that I don't, it's not that I don't have my own opinion, but I'm so suspicious of my own biases that I that I try to like saturate myself with people who seemingly know more than me to try and kind of to counter that. <clears throat> okay, um, well, that, that's a lot of words, but I'm not letting you get out of it. I still want to know what you well, think. Well, <laughs> fair. That's, that's the preamble. Um, I, uh, I I do think. Um, I think that that maybe there's a a, a sort of multi-layered explanation to consciousness sure. in that um, maybe one of the virtues of it is being able to create others uh, the that that capacity and that. maybe you can be maybe you can be an entity that's conscious inside someone else's consciousness maybe that's possible um and uh you know that's the kind of thing that i don't i, I can't point to any one scientific theory that will say that but and i just sort of that's just sort of like a hunch on a hunch where maybe it's some sort of fractal pattern of 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 replicating uh thought patterns you know I um I, you know, I don't know what you'd call that, um, but <clears throat> exactly what you're calling it. I, I, I often refer to uh, the fractal nature of being, you know what I okay. mean? Okay, yeah. That's what I would call it, you know? I mean, if you look at a fractal and they show in a science book, the way they represent fractals are these shells and flowers and these patterns, you know, that are organic, but repeating, right? Um, so, yeah. I, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, maybe it's in a sense the um and an idea to have other ideas is a is a sort of self-replicating process that can 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 generate consciousness if it's if it's performing properly right I like, yeah, yeah. like no, if, I, I, if i have an idea for uh from some sort of creator being and i have an idea for a landscape that I can create either outside myself or I can maybe interact with it, who knows, but I can create a sort of law of existence. Maybe it would be like the idea to have new ideas so that it can, it can kind of grow on its own and not need constant maintenance and care. And, you I know, that. I that. um, I, I don't know what, what, <laughs> what that, what that Im implies or, or whatever, but it seems like maybe that's at least, one of the possibilities that we're dealing with here is that you know a good yeah. a good idea like a good geometric pattern can kind of like generate 
maybe more good ideas for more patterns or more you know different ways of looking at the same pattern that appear like other patterns and you know nature Beautiful. obviously plays nature plays favorites with with some some things <clears throat> sure, sure sure some things are in tune with each other and some things are not in tune with each other you yeah know? you go back to frequencies and you know the the that aspect of existence yeah totally listen i love it i love that uh i love that you preambled that with hey i never actually had to think about it because so many people <laughs> so many people have already thought about it and laid it out you know with their opinions but i think i think you know that's what i love about the conversation i think we all need to kind of take a look and and see what it is to us because that's why we're here right to figure out what our own perception is right and and, mm -hmm. and not only figure out what it is but actually uh act it out or i don't want to say act it out that might not be the right word but but you know play that part you know you need all those, mm -hmm. uh, you need all of those pieces of the puzzle to fit together so janice is out there she's saying hello matt the quiet healer uh, I, i've got to recognize that comment um yeah that's an awesome answer i love it i love it um so We've never had uh, any deep conversations, you and I. We, we've only briefly talked when you were on Janice's show. After the show, we talked a little bit. Uh, and I did look at the LI, uh, the Audio Workstation's website, which uh, I, I do want to talk about. But I don't know what your feelings about uh, reality and spirituality are. I'm imagining that you're on the page to answer the, the second part of the question, which is really... Um, was there an experience you had or a memory that you can talk about that uh, where you suddenly realized like, okay, there's more to uh, this than just the three dimensional me as a three dimensional person, you know, walking down the street. Uh, there may be other realms and things like that. Is, uh, do you believe in that? Do you, is there an experience that led you to believe that? <clears throat> um, well, I, I think that, uh, the the whole like stargazing in a really non light pollutioned area um with some sort of rudimentary knowledge of like science uh or you know like astronomy and some real basic physics and high like around high school age sort of putting that all sort of and with with the clear night sky of constellations and conceptualizing okay super far away so far that we could probably never interact with it there could be some sort of other similar situation and they would maybe not know that we're there and that you know maybe who's some but there's some sort of um patterns uh, that are yet to reveal themselves to us about you know how this all how this all works <clears throat> and, and on a large scale like that and then um you know i guess i i haven't had any like uh here but interdimensional type experiences to speak mm -hmm. of i've heard other people sort of speak of that sort of thing um <clears throat> but uh you know I'm open. I'm open to the, the the possibility for sort of other realms that can exist physically, but in a way that we can't interact with it. Especially uh, since we, I guess, and I when I say we, I'm using the the royal we for collective uh, academia. I guess, even though I'm not in it, but but 
let's say um, that they, they think that there's a lot of dark matter, right? They think there's a lot of stuff that exists that we can't really like touch or interact with or detect and we're not sure what it is and we're looking for it to try and explain some some math that works out funny Uh, like hey where's the missing stuff and it's like okay well i you know it's if there's possible for there to be stuff out there that we can't normally interact with in general then you have to maybe accept that okay stuff exists that we can't quite interact with but it's still there it's moving through us whether it's a neutrino or whatever right um and so you know we don't really understand those types of things so much so we know there's at least some some stuff that we suspect is here but not here here but we can't touch you know so Um, so so let me just try to interpret what you're saying to me you you believe in the possibility of other dimensions yeah, I can't attest to any personal experiences with them, but right. I'm intellectually right. open to it. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, I, I mean, you know, again, you're. I, I love. It's probably part of the what you do, and I want to talk about all of the podcasting stuff. Is you know, you're a communicator, so you, you, you definitely. I'm loving the words that you're throwing out there. You're throwing <laughs> a lot of words and things out there, but I, but I feel like there's a a point like more direct underneath. So I'm just trying to like dig it out um and also you know kind of build the show with the content that i like sure sure yeah yeah i'm searching for the best words in real time with you so yeah, yeah. We'll, find, we'll find something it's, it's all good it's all good so that's cool so yeah i i um i guess i've had one or two experiences that haven't been like super you know like uh near death experience or anything like that but uh, experiences that have, you know, kind of convinced me uh, of of existence of of things that I can't really explain, which which is fine. You know what I mean? As long as I'm alright yeah. with that, then 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 everything's fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, admitting that we can't explain everything is a good first step to having things to try and learn, right? If we if we say that we can explain everything, then there's no fun and there's nothing to do and there's no reason to like try and learn more things because we know everything. So, you know, a- keeping that space open in and not, and not, not needing to have a perfect explanation for everything. You can have a, a best explanation for something <clears throat> and, you know, be able to maintain a space in your mind where it could be supplanted by a better explanation at some future time should you obtain you know more data or hear something more reasonable you know yeah yeah i love that thank you for that sound bite that was a good one <laughs> um, well as an audio engineer sometimes it's my job to create sound bites but i'm yeah. not always not always the one behind the mic sometimes i'm just the one behind the mouse and keyboard and the fader or whatever well so let's let's uh let's move our conversation out of out of my realm and in, into yours uh oh sometimes sometimes that question is a good a good uh step into it depending on who i'm talking to if it's a psychic medium obviously it becomes yeah you know a good well, step into that conversation uh I but, think the, the the other the other bridge, if you don't mind me interjecting, is the bias that like I was speaking of earlier. Is I have a very like in terms of my the the training that I have that involves some sort of like hard sciencey stuff. Officially, it's just in in sound and in audio, mm-hmm. and so my my tendency in trying to understand consciousness and you know physics concepts and everything else that sort of 
just outside my grasp is uh, to try and relate it back to what I do know about uh, sound and the way that you know audio works. But right. I, I try to be aware that I can over can overemphasize that bias and try to oversimplify everything by just making it into a sound analogy. That's cool. That's cool. And and so. You know what? I do see a good crossover there because I am very, very interested in cinematics, um, and I'm sh imagining you know what that is. And, yeah, uh, that's like uh, just. I guess I'll I'll see if I'm right, and then the, for the audience too, it's like manipulating like physical objects by uh, sound waves in the air, like um, uh, like you know on the basic level we can manipulate sand and stuff. And right, right. Like, uh, I think it's the study of that, and it's and it's also for me because I, I don't i don't study it but for me it's the evidence that matter is affected by sound waves mm -hmm. so, sure so things, things like sound healing you know and i'm sure you've experienced uh like a tibetan bowl and things like that you know there are certain vibrations that certainly interact with you differently than other vibrations when it comes to sound right sure yeah i mean i mean everything from the way that we here, you know, on like an audiology kind of perspective, like the 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 shape of your ears and your head and the way that that is tuned into your to your brain, you know, like we could have been a different animal with a different size ear and heard different frequencies. For instance, dogs hear higher frequencies than us, and I believe cats can hear lower frequencies than us which as a side note might be why they make good pets because they cover a larger area spectrum with their hearing than we do mm -hmm. um <clears throat> but uh in, in any case um you know it's it's bound to be that certain uh frequencies or wavelengths depending on how you want to look at that um will resonate with let's say just the cavity of our skull or the size of the hole that makes your ear you know to be interacting with you the way that a wine glass resonates in certain ways and that's not even to say that um you know there's brainwave frequencies that you can try and achieve and there's mm -hmm. there's there's the whole binaural beat phenomenon where there's a difference between your left and your right ear and you're dealing with a a, a frequency number that's the difference between them mm -hmm. um so there's there's a whole lot and then you know there's just the, the pure physics of air pressure pushing on your physical body because sound waves are nothing but physical air pressure it's mm -hmm. just that there you know i can feel this fan that i have to the side of me that keeps my computer and me cool as i said here but it's not like um you know moving as as fast as a high frequency sound wave but both of those things are exerting physical air pressure on my my body in the, in the same basic way just at different speeds of, of vibration right. um Right. So there's at least three different sort of mechanisms that we just name right there. Yeah, I definitely have some effect on on the body if you expose them and the mind. Absolutely, absolutely, and I I love how um, actual science and regular physics and quantum physics are all kind of merging and and even you know bridging that gap between uh, metaphysics you know and, and spiritual 
uh, concepts, uh, you know, are starting to make sense as well, which is really yeah. There's really there's cool. this new trend that for physicists to call metaphysics foundations of physics to try and be taken more seriously in physics. Oh, that's cool. There's there's at least one guy uh, who I've been hearing a lot speak on different podcasts. Is I believe his name is Tim Maudlin, and he's trying to get a a school set up for uh john bell he talks a lot about bell's inequality and what what that means for foundations of physics and i, I don't, don't I'm not, what is that exactly maybe i know what it is but I, I, I i would do it some sort of horrible injustice if i tried to explain okay. it but okay. it but there was there was a physicist by the name of john bell who said something really smart and uh you know it has some implications for uh, our understanding of foundations of physics or metaphysics yeah. somehow right. and it's one of my current goals to try and work up to understanding what that is but i'd be lying if i said i understood it even though right. i've listened to many many talks it's this, they talk above my head. Sometimes I, I'll fall asleep during a really intense theoretical physics podcast, but I hope I hope that somehow I absorb it anyway, and I'll just listen again, you know. Um, so, you know, um, I was never quite good enough at the mathematics uh, to really go serious into the, the, that realm, and I also really like making records way too much to be like some sort of physicist so um <laughs> you know what i agree with you it, it's like i love i love to start to talk about things like what tesla was doing with energy but like sure. it gets to a certain point and it's like that's above my pay grade you know somewhere uh, in this room is a tesla biography oh nice um <clears throat> he's a fascinating uh historical figure and he uh, and he's a fascinating figure in the history of electricity and the whole like everything weird weird sort of envelopment of like like, like physics kind of enveloped electrical experimental stuff but there's still it's still some areas where i i think that i think that it became difficult to do large-scale electrical experiments without disrupting power grids that were established right. and i and i think that if you know the the type of experiments that a guy like tesla was trying to do wouldn't really fly when you have the chance of like you know knocking out the power of of right. local areas and stuff so i think that right. um i whether or not it was some sort of weird conspiracy i don't think you you know we don't do those kinds of like really big electrical experiments but i think there's some labs in some places well, i was gonna in, say if there's stuff in the middle of the desert you know if he didn't live on long island yeah <laughs> you know and uh, you know interrupt his neighborhood's power every every night um i've actually been down to what, what is it called wind wind Door, or something. I don't know. Um, uh, the Wardenclyffe. Wardenclyffe, that's it. I to yes, it. I'm proud that I pulled that one out of my brain without yeah, yeah, yeah. it up. But yeah, I've been there as well. There was some sort of, a couple of years ago, it was it was actually 2019. I remember it was just the summer of 2019, early summer 2019, I believe. And uh, there was some sort of event there and they had like a really kind of small scale wireless electric tower and they powered a um a wheelchair from like 10 feet away oh wow like a motorized um nice. electric wheelchair right, that was right. on the yeah and uh so it, it's it's it was cool um but they really need to put a lot of money into the area to like redevelop because some of those buildings got really dilapidated and mold infested so they really have to knock everything down and then build some sort of museum that they're trying to build gotcha gotcha yeah i i, I love i love that stuff because it's amazing how 
how much it actually does disrupt you know the way we think about the way things are you know i mean it's just like you know information that's so that's actually exists as there that we just don't know you know um and and i think we're we're tapping starting to tap into that stuff which is awesome um, yeah there was i don't know if it ever got replicated or held up but i've 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 seen at least a couple times uh, on on television some 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 experiments where they try to link people uh with magnetic fields in terms of their ability to communicate some sort of basic thought like whether or not a light is flashing at a certain time if you you know like if you there was some canadian professor somewhere i believe that that put like an underground set up where there was like two people and they were like on two different rooms and but the only thing that connected them was the magnetic field and one person was shown a light that flashed on and off at particular times and then but the other person had to try and make a report while, while just closing their eyes and trying to guess sense, or sense, 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 yeah. Yeah, wow. sense what you know and you know we've got we've got electrical activity right up here we know that much um we don't really understand the the complexity of it a hundred percent but the fact that we understand that it's electrical activity and we also understand that electricity and magnetism have this strong relationship it makes me guess that maybe you can get a thought to go down a magnetic field if you try hard enough in the right way i don't know and what is that what or is maybe that maybe we this? exist in one big thought field right and if you if you can if you can ex if you go down that sort of pathway of okay if you can if you accept that you could send a thought across a magnetic field um then you you start to consider the size of different magnetic fields and how you know how big one could be that you're inside of or you could just be receiving thoughts from somewhere else if possible um and you just you're not sure how far to stretch that that mechanism you know um cerebrally so uh I don't know. Maybe there's just a particular. I love know. having this conversation with you because it's like you're talking. You're talking about spirituality from a total like technical point of view. It's so it's so awesome, and and that is great because it actually leads me into cooler conversations that I like to have about um, AI and and things like Neuralink and and actually, you know, for me, I know a lot of people who are afraid of that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. and, and understandably so. It's not like I don't understand those fears. Um, however, for me, you know, if, if I think about my own spirituality and my beliefs about energy, I feel like it's, a, it's an evolutionary step for humans to almost kind of, you know, if we talk about, you know, a lot of my spiritual friends talk about source, right? When you die, it's just energy shift. Now you're, now you're kind of at a, just, you're vibrating at a different frequency and you, you merge with source or whatever. I feel like that whole thing of Neuralink is, is actually taking our thoughts and our essence and, and converting it to electrical impulses to now kind of be back in that dark matter, almost, you know, uh, existence that's not physical anymore but still has energy transfer, uh, whether it's magnetic, you know, the magnetic, what are the magnetic properties of dark matter? We don't even know, right? How would we even measure? I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know how to begin answering that other than we know that it, it, it we know that it, that it has gravity. That's the main 
thing that we know about it. I think okay. uh, I think that's the only which is one of the only things we don't actually understand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's actually, or, or it's our or it's our current understanding of gravity that leads us to believe that it exists and that it interacts with with uh, or or has a, a gravitational property that mat other matter sort of clumps around it. Um, but but you know, maybe they'll change their physics mind in, in 10 years about that, you know. Um, well, you know what, that's what, I think that's another cool thing is like right now, physics and science have no choice but to be malleable. You know what I mean? With all of the, the, the things that are that are being discovered and, and explored, I feel. Oh, like. and that's how it should be. Otherwise, it's scientism and not science, right? Right. You can't you can't just embrace the take a snapshot of science on a particular day and memorize it and say this is what we should believe as humans because there's such a large amount of information that people are doing data gathering experiment creating and measuring and theory paper writing and commenting that you you really in order to have like some sort of opinion that you would think is authoritative you'd, you'd really have to make it your full-time job reading everyone else's opinion on everything and it's not it's not reasonable so you have to be you have to be open to uh to, to things to things changing to new information coming okay. in man matt I, I had no idea you were so much fun to talk to i hope <laughs> i hope that my audience is keeping up with us because i mean i feel like we just like we just ran around to the deep end we didn't even go in the pool. we just ran around to the deep end and just jumped right in well listen man, when you open up a conversation by like what is what consciousness, consciousness you're yeah. asking for it buddy you're I, asking I, you for know it. what i i certainly i certainly got what i was asking for um i do like to i, I mean we're only about halfway done which is cool. Um, I do like to kind of give the stage to my guests and talk about what they do um, and and how they got there. And I guess you know it's it's going to be pretty apparent. You know your your interest in the scientific aspect of the technical workings of things and trying to understand things. I'm imagining that's kind of tied to to what you do and how you how you look at what you do you did say uh i make a lot of records and that's what i would that's what i would rather do than than be swimming in this deep end of this pool all the time uh, although it is fun just to swim in the deep end of the pool all the time i agree i wouldn't want to just talk about this stuff incessantly you know what i mean i only do i only do it once a week for an hour and that's certainly enough <laughs> enough for me um that's but, fair uh, yeah, but um, so so tell us what the connection is. Tell us how it all started for you. Um, tell us what is Audio Workstations Inc. Uh, well, Audio Workstations Inc. Um, is uh, something that began as a studio that was for freelance engineers by freelance engineers. It was a sort of a co-working space and is still a co-working space for uh, music production. Um, and we began with two small but uh, well, uh, stock studios. Um, and even though this is a virtual background, this is actually our studio A. It's just a picture nice, I, I took of That's our cool. studio A. Um, but someone else is working in there right now, so this is uh, <laughs> this is my way of being there without being there. That's awesome. um, but we have we have two music production studios, um, and we wanted to sort of solve a problem that, that we saw as uh, recording engineers, um, and that was the gap between 
you know, what like a bedroom or a basement studio looks like and what a professional studio looks like and the cost differential between those two things being so wide mm -hmm. and they're really not being something reasonable in the middle uh, that was located in a, in a commercial space that didn't sort of suffer from the, um, the, for the problems that come with just, you know, doing something at home, right? If you have any kind of family or neighbors um, or a dog or something, then, then there's going to be some uh, impediments to having a sound studio um and a lot of those uh issues are some of them are about outside sounds getting on on your recordings some of those right. are about your sound from your speakers bothering other people or your amplifiers or whatever you're using right. and so we wanted to solve those problems provide the right amount of digital equipment and analog equipment for those of us who are nerdy about equipment to have um and uh you know the 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 familiar with the history of recording studios among your audience will notice just the absence of a, what we call a large format console which is uh a, a giant mixing board desk basically that I you believe, see what is, that, is that like a neve that's called a neve right Did so you know? a neve is a particular brand that is very well well known and famous there's also Huge. another brand called uh, ssl there's, there's api there's like three to five you know major brands that people um would would go after but but essentially with the the reason for those uh boards um it, it, well there's a multiplicity in the amount of things that you're going to be recording that uh, would necessitate one of those. So if you need to record 16, 24, 48 individual microphones at once, mm -hmm. then that can still be um, a, a reasonable thing to do when you're setting up a studio. That's going to be something that you're needing to do all the time. Um, but the reality of most modern recording is going to be 16 and under microphones that you have set up at once for the average recording project. Right. So that being said, it means that I can uh, not necessarily have one of those large format boards and it keeps the initial cost of, of building the room down and then I can pass that savings uh, to my members and to the artists that work with my my members. So my members are, are, right. are audio engineers and music producers and then their clients are artists and we're sort of acknowledging the freelance market in the sense that I'm not advertising directly to singer songwriters or right. artists. I'm, I'm allowing that relationship between cool. the freelancer and the artist to exist. So my members can have their own production companies and, and, and such. Mm -hmm. um, and I can rent them the studio at a wholesale rate um and then they can set their own rates uh and be in charge of their own careers as freelancers um, awesome. and that thank you i mean that's the initial thing and that's what we still do in studio a and b and then we've expanded in recent times 
to having a studio C and D, which is uh, C is a podcasting room for the sort of in-person version of what we're doing tonight. Plus uh, we can get up to uh, three or four people around a table all with their own uh, cameras and microphones. Um, And then we can also bring in people via Zoom and stuff. And I initially had uh, uh, Janice in that room for Long Island Local Podcast, which is a Mm -hmm. podcast that I do where I try and interview local business owners when I can. And um, so then we also added Studio D, which mm-hmm. is basically a gr- uh, two walls that we painted chroma key green. Uh, hi, Janice. Oh, nice. And uh, and so we, we painted the two walls the uh, uh, chroma key green. We have lights yeah, and a, a camera. Yeah, and we try to do things like YouTube video content. Um, I have a uh, YouTube channel for audio workstations that has like tips and tricks for uh, audio engineering stuff. And we do also a live stream uh, open microphone for local artists last Thursday of every month. Uh, We do it live out of this uh, studio that I'm virtually in right now. So that's local music, local like a live. Yeah, so local oh, music awesome. artists. Uh, we open our doors um, for an open mic, and we go live on YouTube, similar oh, to this live cool. stream. Only it's just live in studio performances. Um, so we do that at the uh, last Thursday of every month uh, at Audio Workstations. We're in Bohemia, New York, for local artists that want to stop by, um, and they can uh, shoot us an email uh, if they know they're coming in advance. So it's always good to have an idea of how many people were showing up. Uh, but yeah. uh, otherwise, we open the uh, the live stream up at about uh, 7 p.m., 6 or 7, no, 6, 6 p.m. We do 6 to 10. That's what we do. Cool. And uh, yeah, we, how, how long have you been doing that for? Uh, we started that around this time last year, I think, and we've oh, been wow. doing it on that schedule ever since. And uh, we, you know, we've sort of experimented with different camera angles and different, you know, audio setups. And basically, I have in this room that you're seeing behind me. There's there's two computers. One of them one of them runs the the audio recording studio, and then the other one. Um, you can actually see in the in the photo behind me, you can see like a microphone that's pictured in the booth. That's a webcam feed through a separate computer that is you're actually seeing OBS on screen, which is the streaming software we use. Yeah. So I can go live either with that kind of angle or I can add two other webcams, one on the couch or on the uh, in the piano area. Um, cool. And so we can live broadcast the uh, the musical performance from Studio A as well. That's and, awesome. Uh, I love that. Yeah, I, I uh, you know, the last bunch of years have been, I think, really important uh, in that industry, in that area. And and I don't think I think there's a lot of places that do stuff, um, but not a lot of places, you know, take into consideration the different things that are important. And, and uh, when you're doing live music, what's more important than the audio, you know, the the how it's being handled, you know what I mean? Like separate yeah. channels and mixing and, and the proper, you know, the proper engineering of that music yeah. and to get that to get that mix into a live stream and synced and everything is a little, you know, that next little challenge i totally get it i've been there i've i've used obs myself so i know i'm aware of all of that stuff for any audio nerds in the audience i'm using a um a uh, external word clock to help sync the two computers uh which is a digital 
clocking source uh, distributes the time code to both computers so that the the audio feed from the recording computer and the webcam feed are right. synced up in terms of the so let the me sound. ask you a question and i'm probably gonna age myself is that still called sympathy uh so for video for okay for like normal video projects mt is still the the time code mm -hmm. um but uh what i'm doing in this case is um really just a way to make sure that whatever sampling rate has been chosen is adhered to very strictly um from an external source on both audio devices um so that um there's no chance of like my video feed going slightly out of sync with my audio mix so you know if um let's say the frames drop out or something right. um so uh it and it, tr it it communicates that in what's called word clock uh data over a bnc cable um and there's an input on on the audio interface of the of this the audio studio and then there's also one on the audio uh converter that's coming into the pc and so they both receive the same precise clocking information that you know determines that 44.1 or 48 kilohertz a second of of right. audio sampling rate that we're we're measuring um which is very oh. similar to frame rate in film it's just yeah, yeah. More, it's it's actually almost I'm, I'm thinking of it as you're saying and it's almost like an early version of ai right it's like <laughs> kind of you know doing that kind of thing you know do it it's analyzing analyzing something and then you know. but uh very cool i i i I am impressed by your audio prowess. Just just listening to you speak, I can tell you really know what you're talking about and know what you're doing. Um, and it sounds like uh, AudioWorks is has been successful. So you started with just two music record, like it was straight music. And and was that? Um, do you have like a soundstage, or it's just really recording? So it's funny you say that. Right now it's just recording, but I actually. Um, I have an area that's a, 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 a sort of a lobby right now. For at one point, it was sort of a teaching area because I also teach audio, so I was using it as a classroom. But I've been doing more of the teaching uh, in the online form and putting together an online uh, audio curriculum that's um, that's cool. launched recently. It's still a work in progress, but the the first four months of content are are currently available. Nice. Um, but uh, in any case, the lobby area is going to be uh, now sort of available for a change in purpose. So what I'm uh, hoping to do is put a small stage area and an interview set in our lobby area so we can sort of expand on, on two different areas of our business. One is is the, the art angle, right? We have some uh, in, in our throughout our walls outside these studios, we have um, some art hanging on the walls. Mm -hmm. And um, I'd like to do more art shows there where we hang local art and also are able to put like sculpture on a small stage. Mm -hmm. um, but we also want to expand the, um, you know, the interview aspect there's obviously different levels of interview production that you can get into. And um, the, the podcast room that we currently have is more of like a radio style room, right? Where you have like a, a broadcast mic in front of you and you wear headphones, generally speaking. Right. Um, but what I'm looking to put out there in the lobby is more of like a television sit down interview with the uh, lapel mics on a with fancier a chair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then a little two person interview set. And, and at that point, 
the facility that we have will be not only capable of music production, radio style podcast production and live streaming and video YouTube production. Uh, and, you know, uh, also now the, the television interview thing. So, uh, you know, other than doing sitcoms and sound like a, not, not right, like, a, right, right. not like a film level soundstage, like soundstage studio. Right. 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 Yeah. But, but, but on the uh, level of being able to provide uh, a professional looking sit down TV interview, that is something that I'm working on right now as a compliment to what we're, awesome. we currently have. That sounds wonderful. Sounds just like my kind of place. I love, I love hanging out. Yes. Well, I have to get you there in person. Cool. Cool. And you said you're in Bohemia? Yeah, we're in Bohemia. I'm not too uh, far. I'm in, I'm in Patchogue, so I'll definitely. Okay. Yeah. Short trip down the road. You got to come visit and awesome. see what I'm talking about. Cool. Very cool. And so um, are you... Uh, you producing content yourself? You said you do a podcast. I mean, other than renting out the rooms and and helping facilitate this to other people. I, and and by the way, before I ask you about you, I, I love that idea, and I I saw it happening a couple of years ago with the uh, with the Sola spas, right? So, uh, salons, the um, the places we're doing like. It was one big warehouse, but they were cutting it into rooms for different hair salon people and nail salons to just all freelance sure. out of their, you know, their own space. Kind of, it's a little different of a model, but but uh, I love the model that you're talking about, where you have members, and yeah. so there's probably a couple of people who are producers and have their own production companies, but you know, call your space their home, you know, as far as that's the idea. That's the idea. You, you know, there's a certain amount that you can accomplish in, in a home type environment. And then there's a certain amount that hi everyone. Um, and there's a certain amount that you're going to want to sort of escape the home environment and have something a little bit more professional um, on a few different levels. I mean, one of, one of the, the key problems that I, I guess I forgot to touch on before was uh, I talked about the sound challenges of, of having a home studio, but um, for, for those of us who are trying to really freelance as audio engineers and music producers um, and not just, let's say, record our own pet projects, um, but provide the service to others, you want to be able to, let's say, meet a new client um, and immediately have somewhere to interact with them professionally uh, and it's not necessarily in the, your best interest to have that place be your home right, if you've just right. met this person I mean you want to be able to do business with people yeah, that you just yeah, yeah. yeah and 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 feel safe and not bother your family and whatnot I mean the nature of business is you want to be able to meet someone and and, and work out a business arrangement fairly quickly and get working um, and you don't want to have to wait until you you know have known them for a year and feel comfortable inviting them into your you know like spare room or whatever Right. Um, so it's it's a challenge to have to try to run a, a studio that's in a home on a professional level and interact with clients and, and, right. and not ha feel like you're forced to bring them into your home as a. Yeah, as no, a, it's it's a, I you know I really love the idea of your place. I can't wait to see it. I actually also think you know what you're doing um, uh, with teaching sounds amazing too because like for me like i'm i understand some basic audio stuff but i'm i also know i'm not an audio engineer but if i could go learn how to be an audio engineer 
and then have a place where I don't have to actually buy all the equipment. Yeah. I mean, you know, that sounds like a great, a great relationship. Yeah. You're buying into my yeah. ecosystem right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's amazing. You're, you're, yeah. you know, are you working with a lot of young, young kids or what kind of, what kind of clientele are you working with as far as kids? So, yeah, I do have some students that are younger. Um, right now I'm doing all private uh, lessons. So, um, I have students of, of various ages, uh, but, and then I, I, you know, during the period where I taught for a vocational trade school, uh, for 10 years, I also had students that were, you know, everywhere from right out of high school to, um, my, you know, how old I am now or older than myself now. Um, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sort of, I started teaching, um, I, I guess I was around 26 or 27 when I started, when I became the head instructor of the school, I was, I was doing some teaching for a few years before that, but, um, but anyway, it was always, it was always interesting to, to, to teach a, uh, a variety of ages and, and have people come at it from a variety of perspectives. It was always interesting to see kids that were coming out of high school and having to sort of adjust to the mentality of being at somewhere like a trade school where it's like, okay, you have to like want to, to like learn this and then apply it immediately. Right. Um, right, and right, you can't, right. can't think of it as another thing that somebody's like forcing you to do or like, right. you know, they were right. trying, we were trying to fit like as much audio engineering knowledge as we could into like less than a year. Um, right. And people are showing up two times a week um and that so it was a lot of information and it was like not a lot of opportunity for people to let things slide through the cracks right, right. um and uh but sometimes i would get students saying oh you know i just ran into this thing in real life and uh and, you know maybe it was a year after they had graduated if we were still in touch and i remember you you know you talking about this at one point but it seemed seemed like it didn't really matter at the time but now right, I'm right. with it you know right right um it was all very practical it was i hope you, know, you i hope you have a rate for that <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah no no that that that's great and and i know what you're saying i actually uh i taught um Photoshop and Illustrator, digital digital applica uh, art applications for a couple of years in SUNY and uh, and actually at the Art League. And so I was teaching kids and I was teaching retirees, doctors who were like, you know, brilliant minds, but they were, you know, trying to learn how to do Photoshop because they were okay. photography enthusiasts or something like that, you know. Um, so I, I get that. And, and I love what you said about seeing these different perspectives, you know, of where they're coming from, you know, it's kind of, you know, I think as a teacher, you're constantly learning too, right? With the, with the, the people that you're teaching. And, oh and, yeah. You know, that the, 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 one of the greatest phenomenons of teaching is when you thought you understood something, you started mm -hmm. to explain it. And then in the middle of explaining it, you suddenly understood it and you're like, I thought I understood this when I started and I was very confident about explaining it, but the thing that, but I just said something out now loud it makes even more sense, and yeah. then I heard it, what I said and something clicked that hadn't clicked before. Right. Um, or, or sometimes it was a result of somebody asking a question and then I would have to explain further and just kind of like earlier when you asked me a question and what I, is consciousness, I, right? I had, to, I had to figure out what I really thought in real time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
because I kind of I feel like I kind of understand this, but I don't have, often have to verbalize it to this extent, right? So, right. and then I would keep talking, and then they would understand, then I would understand better, and yeah, the, the whole thing was sort of kind of trend. There would be transcendent moments in teaching where there'd be sort yeah. of like everyone would get a little like knowledge knowledge buzz, like oh, that's really cool that I now understand that I didn't before, right. Totally. So do you have any um, clients that were former students that you, you brought into your family and now, you know, they're producing stuff and under your build in your building? Uh, yeah, um, there's there's been a couple of members over the past uh, however much since we opened up in at the end of 2016. So over the years has been uh, former student members, former student clients there's you know everyone kind of comes to study audio engineering and then learns that there's different specialties within it and sometimes they settle on one specialty or the other um and so sometimes i'll get lucky where one of my former students settles on tracking and i've settled on mixing so I, we can work together on stuff right. um because cool. if they want to mix then they want to mix and they don't look to me because they want to be the mixer um but uh and i i i still record stuff but if we're being honest my favorite part of it is working with the sound sort of alone i'm, I'm familiar with all the protocols of interacting with people on a in a session in real time and making a recording happen but to be honest it's a little bit more stressful and procedural than creative um yeah. there are some creativities in tracking no doubt not to take away from the fact that you can be creative with tracking but sometimes it's more procedural um and right. sometimes it's more just social and procedural and not screwing it up and then well, so so that's i guess more the engineering but the producer part would be more involved with tracking like like almost like a director right would as uh, to an yes. actor, you know and that's and that's important to note is that i recognize as a tracking engineer that if i'm not the producer that i'm not the chief creative in the room um but um th there are times when my people are seeking more of my input on a producer or co-producer consulting producer i like no. to say where no. sometimes i'm asked a producer like question and my opinion is taken seriously but it's not every question throughout the project so i no. would consider myself a consulting producer i'm there when you want to consult right. um but um then there's um when i when when all those decisions have been made and now it's just me and and the tracks that have been recorded and this task to make them sound more awesomer um then that's sort of where i can be creative and just be alone with the the sonics of it all right. and so that tends to be where i where i try and specialize that's your fun yeah so so here's an obvious question that i missed um are you a musician do you play music do you have your own i do I, I i do and it's it's jokingly the the thing that gets the least amount of resources in my life because oh that always, way right <laughs> yeah because i because i've chosen to try and you know d exchange my my audio production services for money i find myself in the conundrum of not being able to pay myself effectively <laughs> without taking from yeah, myself it's, it's and not worth your time to do your the own math cancels own you know it's unfortunate <laughs> if i pay myself to work on my own stuff i, I still 
you know, I don't, I, I lose money. Um, but, uh, but anyway, you can't afford I, yourself. <laughs> I can't afford myself. I've gotten too good for myself, but, uh, no, I do. I, I, I do have songs that I've written. I also tell myself that I am waiting. If I write a song and I still like it in five years, it's probably a good song. You'll record it. Yeah. Do you, do you give songs away to other artists at all or? Um, I or, don't or not give them away, but like work something out. Like I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I'm not opposed to it, but I haven't done a lot of it professionally in terms of songs that are having vocals and lyrics. I've written, um, stuff that is instrumentals that are meant for television. And okay. I've done that. I've done that professionally. I did that in my like early twenties a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, I still have friends that are in that industry and talk to them often. And um, but it it doesn't. Uh, it, that's not what I'm doing now with for the instrumentals. But I do occasionally write things that are not for me. They haven't made it into others' mouths yet. But I occasionally write things that I think, okay, that's not. So that's something I would want as my personal music brand, which is still sort of in development, right? So, right. Um, but right. but yeah, there's there's writing that's like this is a song that's uniquely me with weird weirder lyrics than most people want to sing, right. and then here's a song with more normal lyrics that maybe someone else would like to sing. That's if you want to break it down like that. Right. That's probably right. probably like, how it ends up. People, I'm going to go back to what you said about uh, just instrumentals. I think a lot of people don't realize that. You know that is actually how a lot of musicians find success in being musicians you don't even necessarily know that that's what they do for a living you know what i mean but they write music that is in tv shows and for stock you know for stock music i mean you know i know you'll probably cringe at it but i do a lot of motion graphics work and so i'm you know i'm getting stock music all the time just for like sure. a 15 second clip or you know 20 second clip you know I've done both writing my own music for YouTube videos and using stock music for YouTube videos. Um, and it just kind of depends on the situation. Um, but you know, all, all, all forms of figuring out how to make money from music are valid in today's day and age. There's totally. really no, there's no judgment because it's so hard to, to do anything and make money off of it in terms of being a musician or writing, writing or performing music. Um, it's and, an interesting uh, conundrum because you just said there are so many ways to do it, but it's really hard to actually do it. And and I agree with you. But uh, you know, I was going to say to you earlier, like kudos for getting the, the audio uh, lessons out there on YouTube. I mean, that's like if you can create. I think that's one of the good things is the opportunity for people to create. Um, what the hell do they call it? Uh, income, uh, passive income, right? So sure. To, You've created the content, you put it up on YouTube, you charge for it, people are interested in it. When it's educational and something like what you do, I think that's that's great. I mean, I love I love talking to people who have found their passion. So like originally, like I said, it was like psychic mediums and stuff because I knew that they were passionate about it. But but you know, even yourself, I love you still have that same energy about yourself and about what you do. You know what I mean? Like you definitely represent somebody who found who they were supposed to be you know in life and is happily just being that <laughs> yeah on a, on a good day i'm happily being on a good day right on a good day <laughs> it was sort of i don't know it was sort of inescapable i got really into 
music and records specifically from like my early teens um and you know a certain amount of headphone experiences um connecting with specific pieces of music the idea of fixing something permanent it's sort of like a music sculpture or something um and making it as perfect as it can be and then releasing it i mean live music is is sort of one thing and it's great but it's not meant to be sort of this like uh, ultimate version of of like a studio recording is sort of meant to be the ultimate version of the song that you can that you can create that you want people to listen to over and over again right and right. Uh, something about the permanence of making of records that appealed to me at a young age i guess that's what pulled me totally. in i love that i love that and and kudos for that i think a lot of people uh don't really uh people settle and they don't find what what they really should be doing it sounds like i, I just feel it. your energy is is great so i i just have another question for you before i ask you for some uh some wrap-up thoughts and advice from my audience as far as being being a happy per- person who knows who they are and what they're what they're supposed to be doing in life and and that is do you have any cool stories uh about any sort of audio we might know something we might have seen on tv uh any cool working with any cool artists that that you know that you you admire personally you know that you really were like like oh my god i get to work with this person well i have uh a bunch of really great uh music clients right now and uh, uh really great uh producers that i'm working with so uh, artists like arizona Lindsay, who's also a producer and uh taz defiant who's a really interesting metal artist uh, who writes all of his own music um on Taz staff defiant. I have Taz defiant it. yeah um I like his name yeah me too um and uh you know a, bu- a bunch of different artists uh, uh law of planet 12 is a, a, a super multi-talented individual with a rich history in the music industry and um, talented individual calls himself what is it law it's law yeah um l-a-l-a-w law awesome i love it yeah i love it i love i Um, love the way creatives are are thinking these days and uh as far as tv um for those who are into the world of uh, hbo and max um and in the uh in the universe of sex in the city when we when we get to episode ten of season two of, and just like that, which is the show, the title of the show that is the continuation of Sex and the City, okay. there will there will be some uh, re-recorded dialogue that hopefully you won't even know was done in my studio that was done in my studio. Oh, so this is actual like audio engineer work that you did for yeah for, so it's what we call adr cool. adr as yeah. uh, automated dialogue replacement where uh, the talent will come into the studio and add or replace onset dialogue that was either not recorded properly or just they decided to add um, information later so sometimes we'll throw in some words where the actor's off screen and they could just reasonably be saying something in the background that helps move this the plot forward or um, in in this in this case I, i believe there'll be some 
scenes that were in a public sort of uh, area where there's uh, background no- was not noise good, right? and yeah and so we re-recorded some dialogue where the, the background noise um, prevented the, the main microphones from wow, picking up the original dialogue. What are the chances that on my show that that's, oh, I'm glad that I'm glad that Ninja, Ninja Kitty is into show. it. <laughs> so she's that's gonna, awesome. She's going to see that. She might ask you for a time code and then and, and I'm, I'm not giving away <laughs> any specifics about the episode because I, I wouldn't do that to 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 HBO. But those in general terms, that's what ADR is. That's great. I love that. No, no, I, and I love that. I mean, uh, I, I, I'm really actually. I think this was a, a fun episode to kind of talk about what you do because we don't usually talk about stuff that uh, people experience every day but don't even realize they experience it right it's it's behind the scenes I always tell people how important audio is when you're doing video and that's why I have a microphone like this to you know at least sound more decent than just my onboard mic you know um, although I don't I don't have good mic technique because I often go this way well it's tough it's, it's tough for uh, these <laughs> things if I was gonna have proper mic technique I would have been here the whole right time all the time hey guys I'm that. talking yeah. into my microphone and this sounds good right um, awesome um, Matt you are so awesome to talk to I can't wait to talk to you a little bit off air um, but I, I would love if you had any kind of parting words that you feel are appropriate to my show? Um, oh, tricky. We talked about such heavy stuff. I feel the need to be, you know, sort of profound, but okay. um, profound is good. I like that. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, no, I mean it's going to come out cheesy. I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm just going to be like tuned into the right frequency, everyone. Um, <laughs> but now, everyone, like that. what's wrong with that? I think that's catch good. the right vibrations, audience. <laughs> That's that's the best I got. You got my best stuff earlier. <laughs> you know what? I, I think that those are both great, and it's it really is as simple as that, right? Um, so so I'm gonna say uh, with that, uh, I actually I'm working on a guest for next week because my guest canceled. So that's gonna be a surprise. All right. <laughs> um, but if we all just tune into the right frequency, uh, I'm sure it's gonna be all right. And uh, I will see everybody next week on the live stream of consciousness. Thanks for being with me, Matt. I appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Peace out. What is consciousness? The live stream of consciousness is on a quest to unravel the mystery of existence. Every episode, we ask the fundamental question that has captivated human minds for centuries. Is consciousness merely a product of our brains or does it connect us to something greater? Explore the very fabric of our thoughts. Don't miss a moment. Expand your awareness and tap into the boundless potential that resides within you. Welcome to the live stream of